Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, our purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for his sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Dr. Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for today's program. We continue in our series on hope, and we're gonna kind of weave another theme in this week as we're getting ready for the week of Valentine's Day. And I often chide that this is a made-up holiday and a way for people to get extra gifts, but I'll go along with it sometimes because it's a holiday that generates a lot of revenue and a lot of intention in America. So therefore, if it's on their mind, I'll speak to it as well. Valentine's Day, you know, as we know, is celebrated every February 14th. And yet many people don't know what the origin story of it is. They think of candies, they think of chocolates, they think of the expense accounts, they think of the uh, bills that are going to come in paying for all that. And they're also going to think about not getting a reservation to dinner that night. But St. Valentine is at the center of the holiday. And this figure shrouded in mystery and myth. The history of St. Valentine's is complex. And there are multiple accounts and legends surrounding his life. The most popular belief is that he was a Christian martyr who lived in Rome during the 3rd century. Emperor Claudius II had prohibited marriages at the time, and he believed that single men made better soldiers. However, Valentine defied the emperor's orders and continued to perform marriages for young couples in secret. When his actions were discovered, Valentine was arrested and sentenced to death. Another legend suggests that Valentine was imprisoned for helping Christians who were being persecuted under Claudius II's rule. Valentine fell in love with a jailer's daughter during his imprisonment and wrote a love letter to her from your Valentine. This is said to be the origin of the sentimental love notes that we exchange on Valentine's Day. Whatever the true story, it's apparent that whether it was through his defiance or his deep passion or his facilitating love, people remember St. Valentine. Realistically, it was probably just an obscure reference to make a profitable holiday, but we might as well take it at its word in terms of its namesake. You know, later in the 14th century, as courtly love developed in European countries, it took on a much more romantic flavor. People might ask, why do we celebrate someone who was executed? That's not very romantic. Well, in the 14th century, as courtly love was becoming popular, they started taking this story and making it more of a romantic story. Chaucer, the renowned English poet, wrote about this tradition in the form of the Parliament of Fowls, solidifying the connection between Valentine's Day and romance. In the 19th century, the Industrial Revolution made mass-produced Valentine's cards accessible to the general public, and the commercialization began. Friends, this is not a love that we need to focus on. We're going to take this apart in two parts today, because first we're going to talk about where our true love is found. But also, friends, I want to speak to the fact that Valentine's Day, for all of its glitz and for all of its glamour and romance, is also a time of loneliness. During this season of hope, I want to encourage those who possibly find themselves single or missing someone this season. And I want to offer the true message of hope and the true message of love that is found in the gospel. The Christian faith's foundation lies in God's love towards humanity. John 3.16 states, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This fundamental message teaches us the nature of love and the links God went through to express his affection and his salvation to us. 
As Christians, we are called to emulate this kind of love in our lives. We're encouraged to love God with our hearts and to love our neighbors as ourselves, found in Matthew 22, 37 through 39. In searching for the true meaning of love, remember that to love God, begin the day by dedicating time to connect with God through prayer, worshiping, and the studying of his word. Reflect on his love for you and seek his guidance in expressing that love to others. Use this opportunity to prioritize family. Promote unity, have discussions, offer forgiveness and understanding, and lean into the supernatural love God gives us that is sometimes necessary to love unlovable people. Of course, we love towards others. We extend kindness and love to those around us. Reach out to the lonely, the hurting, the marginalized, and members of society. Look around for those who are maybe hurting or uh, feeling alone. And you can volunteer or you can just be a friend. And finally, love in action instead of focusing solely on romantic love. Broaden your definition of love to encompass all relationships. Show your friends, colleagues, and neighbors how much you appreciate them by offering encouragement, acts of kindness, and thoughtful gestures. I feel the most important passage that we could talk about this week is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. I've seen and performed countless weddings where this passage is quoted, and I believe its wisdom rings true to this very day. If I speak in the tongues of men and angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. For now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. In a world where we have lost the meaning of love, It can mean I can love my toothbrush, I can love my dog, I can love my wife, my mom. That word gets used interchangeably in the craziest ways. The Greek language offers a much more robust description of love. There's eros, romantic. You have brotherly love, but also agape, unconditional love. The love that God has for us, the the love that God gives us every single day. That is the love that we're to emulate in this vapid culture of romance and fantasy and irresponsibility, we need to be reminded 
All those expressions pale in comparison to God's love, the love he models for us and the love that he in turn expects us to give each other. Now, friend, whether that unconditional love is in the form of your children, in the form of your spouse, in the form of your friends or relatives, only you know your context. And God calls us to show this kind of love to the world around us because when we show that kind of love to our friends and our neighbors and even people we don't like, that is the moment that people can really see God at work. They see those evidences in the way we forgive each other, the way we cooperate with each other, the way that we're generous with one another, the way that we stay committed in our marriage relationships, the way that we love our children, but not just enabling them, but actually bringing them up in a godly household with expectations and discipline. This is a love that seems to be missing and one that we need to make sure that we are living out in our daily lives because they will know we are Christians by our love, not by our fame, not by our money, not by our charisma, but by our love. And people know whether we are being sincere or not. So my friends, I encourage you to live this throughout your day-to-day life because if going back to the early part of chapter 13, it talks about prophecy, it talks about faith, it talks about generosity for the wrong reasons, and none of that suffices. But it talks about the patience of love, the kindness of love, the security of not envying, resisting pride and boasting, being able to be content and not finding our identity and our pride at the expense of others, to not seek ourselves, to control our temper, to not keep score and rejoicing in the truth. And I believe that, my friends, the more that Christians live out these qualities, the more that people will desire not only relationship with us, but a relationship with God, because they'll see God's love in our actions. And no silly movie or chocolate candy or romantic gesture is ever going to replace the need for this kind of love. Let me go back to something I said earlier about how Valentine's Day can either be a fun romantic night out or it can be a time of loneliness and hopelessness. Friend, if you're disappointed today, if you're lonely today, that same love, that agape love that I read to you earlier, first of all, John 3.16, as I quoted earlier, says that God so loved you, Jesus died on the cross for you, and through believing in him and accepting his gift of salvation, you can have eternal life, friend. You need not fear on a day like today. And then, friend, I also want to encourage those who are maybe having a tough Valentine's Day to remember that the 1 Corinthians chapter 13 passage talks about what real love is. It's not about the trappings and the romance of this world. It is about a supernatural love that God has for us and brings out in us in our day-to-day life. And I, I encourage you to focus on those things instead of the commercial tropes of this holiday. I have a few quotes as we wind down this week's program. Timothy Keller says, if we look at our spouses to fill up our tanks in a way that only God can do, we are demanding an impossibility. Friend, that reminds us that the supernatural love of God supersedes the empty romance of this age. Keller's quote is particularly appropriate because so many people are looking for another human being 
to be the be-all, end-all, and fix all of their problems. And friend, that is something that is going to destroy anyone near you. There's so much codependence going on in this world, mainly because we're misplacing our love and our trust into a human being rather than letting God be God. And when we trust God for those things and when we're defined by him and led by him, we're able to love somebody the way that they deserve. We're not only not placing that burden upon them, God is bringing out the best in us so that person is loved properly instead of being used. Another aspect of that Keller quote is marriage is an institution created by God. It's one of the greatest gifts we experience here on earth. When we think about sappy movies and holidays like Valentine's Day, romance obviously is a part of marriage, but marriage transcends the romantic love so much deeper and more rewarding. And I think it's time that in our culture that we focus on our marriages, make them priority and celebrate that relationship. Dwight L. Moody says, faith makes all things possible. Love makes all things easy. That's fairly poignant as the faith aspect of this quote reminds us of God's faithfulness, that he's in control and that we can trust him, especially in aspects of our emotional needs and our relationships. And then we move into the love aspect. Love allows us to forgive and move on and endure circumstances with a sense of joy. I leave you today with a verse of hope, one that deals with the greatest love that we can ever know. It's 1 John 4, verse 9 and 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, that is the gospel, and that is the love that I leave you with today. Thank you for joining me today, and I'll see you on our next episode of Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. Lose Yourself is a teaching ministry of Bible teacher, Dr. Mike Cunningham. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a production of Key Radio.